Good morning, and today is a New Year's Day, and I wanted to bring you a message that God put on my heart. You know, last week, Pastor Jared brought us a beautiful, inspiring uh, message uh, from book of Joshua, chapter 1 to chapter 3. And when he started preaching, I started panicking. The reason is because I realized that Pastor Jared was actually preaching from the same passage that God has given to me for this week, you know. So I was thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? And then I begin to realize as he speaks that actually the master weaver is weaving our messages together to give us a common call for 2024. And now that we have heard from Pastor Jared and we have been challenged and we understand that we, we have the Word of God, we have the leading of the Holy Spirit and we also have the track record of God's goodness in our lives, we can now enter 2024 with strength and with courage. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's because of all that. And then I begin to realise this is what the Lord wants to inspire us with and, and to, to tell us that God wants to give us new courage for a new year. That may God make us courageous people as we engage 2024, right? So let's allow me now to read for, for you once again from Joshua chapter 1. I want to read for you just verse 6 to verse 9. And then from there, I want to share with you a few things that God has put on my heart. So if you are ready, let's read Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 9. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. And I swore to your ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. But keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Lord, I pray this morning that you will come and you will speak to us. Father God, I pray that you let your servant be anointed so that I may deliver a word in season, a word that will minister to your people's heart. And I pray that you will come and speak to your precious, precious word. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As we stand at the beginning of a brand new year, the words of the Lord to Joshua, I think, were so appropriate. At that time, Israel was standing at the edge of the promised land of Canaan. And as we have learned last week, that it was after 40 years of wilderness wandering due to their disobedience. And now they are poised for a new beginning. God has brought them back to the same spot in Kadesh Barnea, and now they have a chance to go in. Now, I do not know what 2023 was like for, for, for you, but perhaps some of us have got a great year and you are looking forward to enter another year that is filled with God's favour and goodness. For others of us here, 2023 may not have been that great. It may have been a difficult year and you are glad to leave it behind. But you now stand ready for a fresh start. Now, whatever your situation may be, brothers and sisters, the truth is this, we cannot repeat 
and we, all, we, and we also cannot undo the past. We can only embrace and anticipate the future. And most importantly, we must live according to God's view in the present. Right? That's the main thing. Now, how then should we live? So I want to talk to you about the present. How then should we live? As the Israelites stood at the edge of the promised land, God commanded Joshua, you notice, three times in nine short verses. He says, be strong and courageous. The second time he says, be strong and very courageous. Third time he says, be strong and courageous. Again and again and again. That tells me, that informs me that this is the posture that God wants His people to have as we press into a new season. That God will make all of us strong and courageous. But where does this strength come from? What is the courage? What is this courage based on? I think that's the question we need to answer. And what I like to do is this. I want to outline for you five key movements in this passage that can really inform us of how we should engage this new year. Where does the courage come from? Where does the strength come from? How does it all work? And I want to outline for you now five movements of faith. And I trust that the Lord will speak to us through this. Number one is this. The root of courage. Now we are answering the question, where does this courage come from? The root of courage is faith. Where does courage come from? It comes out of faith. The courage that God spoke about here in Joshua chapter 1, I want you to know it is not human bravado. Be courageous. It's not human bravado. It's, or, or simply the determination to be bold. It's not the kind of courage that comes out of human effort that we just deny fear and then we just do it. You know, just be brave about it. No, no, no. It's not the kind of uh, stuff that you see on Fear Factor. How many of you have seen Fear Factor? Reality program, right? Uh, I, I went through some of them and oh, they're horrifying. There was one episode where this girl was thrown into a cage full of cockroaches, you know. It's filled with cockroaches. She got thrown inside and then the cage was locked up and the game was that her, the, uh, the partner is supposed to go and find the key, you know, so that you can unlock the cage and let, let the girl out. Although she was just crawling cockroaches all over. I said, I, I would die if I had to go through that. And, and she went through it. It's amazing. There's another one even more scary. This, the, the, the participant was actually put into a, a coffin full of worms, you know. And then they had to go through all that. And I'm thinking, oh, just watching it alone is terrifying. But I'm not talking about the courage. The courage we're talking about here is not human bravado. It's not overcoming that kind of thing, but it is a godly courage that is rooted in faith. It's rooted in faith. It's an absolute belief that something is true which evoked the courage to trust in what I believe. I believe what God said and it makes me courageous. And God's promise to Joshua was this. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, God promised him, I will give you every place where you set your foot. That was the promise given to Joshua. And Joshua believed that. He absolutely believed it. And because he believed it, it evoked faith. Faith in what? Faith in what God says. And faith actually lays hold of the promise. And it becomes our basis for courage. I will be courageous. You will be courageous if you know what God says, and you believe it. 
Now, I can tell you the leadership of this church will never have the courage, right? You and I, the whole congregation, we will never have the courage to build this building that we are all sitting in today if God has not imparted faith to us, right? Through what He has spoken. Hello? You with me? If God has not spoken, we won't dare to do it. I remember vividly when we were praying about whether or not to do this, to buy this piece of land. At that point, the land cost $12 million. And I remember we got $3 million in the bank. Uh, that's, and that $12 million is just the cost of this land. And the building itself, we estimated, will be at least another 20, 25 million. So basically, we have about 10% of what we need to buy this thing. It seems impossible. But in prayer, I remember the whole leadership agreed that we're going to put it through a season of prayer. And in prayer, I remember what gave me that courage was when, when I heard the voice of the Lord. I was reading about God, the God who provides, not a God who is our provider. And I was reading through all that. And then I heard the voice of God, this whisper in my spirit. And the whisper goes something like this. The Lord just said, Benny, the kingdom is bigger than your local church. And when I heard that, heard that sentence, the kingdom is bigger than your local church, I just knew in my heart, I knew in my spirit that God is going to send us resources from outside of our local church to actually build this house. Because I know, logically speaking, I can't see how it can be done. But God spoke and He said, and I was thinking about God, you are a provider, right? How would you provide? And I remember, the kingdom is bigger than your local church. And that was the moment when God birthed a faith within my spirit, a courage within my soul to actually go ahead. And I can tell you this, such courage cannot exist apart from faith in what was promised that God is our provider. He will provide. And so here we are. And I'm glad to report to you, brothers and sisters, that by the end of this financial year, we will be completely debt-free as a church. We would have finished paying everything. The root of courage is faith. But faith in what? Here, that brings me to the second movement. The reason for faith is the Word of God. The root of courage is faith. But where does faith come from? Faith comes from the Word of God. The reason for our faith is this. Courage comes from faith. But where does faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. Faith is not based on faith. Faith is not about how hard I believe for something to come true. It must be based on a promise that's rooted in truth. That's the key. Faith must be must be, be based on something that is rooted in truth. Okay? If what is promised is not rooted in truth in the first place, then it is but an empty promise. Some of you agree? If I tell you something and it's not true, then you believe it, it's just an empty promise. You see? And then our faith will be misplaced. Then we have misplaced faith. Your faith must be placed on something that is absolutely true. If not, then it's an empty promise. It's a bit like a scam, right? That's how scams work. It begins with the promise that is not true. Right? What do the guys tell you? Oh, I've got a hundred million dollars locked away, you know, waiting to be claimed. But it is trapped in some government office. So if you send me a certain amount of money, it will cover the fees, you know, that needed to unlock this money. And then I'll give you 30%. 
I'll give you 30% of it and 30 million out of 100 million, that's going to make you rich for life. And then, you, then we what? We believe. We believe what they say. But actually, it's based on a false hope. <laughs> it's, it's not based on the truth. It's based on something that is false. And so what do you have? You don't have faith. You actually have false hope. And false hope is born. So what do you do? You send them the money and the 30 million didn't come. And then after that, what happened? You get another email, right? Typical, another email. Now they tell you, the money is already unlocked, but I need another sum of money to pay the bank so that the money can be transferred to you. And then you have your doubt by that time, right? You begin to wonder, is this true? But you hope against hope that it will do the trick if I send this money. After all, I'm already invested. So what do you do? You put your faith in faith. And then you trust that it will work out. So what do you do? You send the money. And then the saga continues. The next email will come. And the next email will come. What's wrong with this whole thing? What do you think? What's wrong with this whole thing? I'll tell you what's wrong. It is not rooted in truth in the first place. It is rooted in an, in an empty promise. And therefore, our faith is misplaced. But I got good news for you, brothers and sisters. Our faith is not based on faith. Our faith is based on the Word of the living God. The Word of the living God. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the ESV translation reads this way. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. What God says, He will do. Faith is birthed through the hearing of God's Word. When the Word of God is being read, is being received with faith, with belief, and then we allow that word to interact with our spirit, it gives birth to faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. But that word must be received and then interact with our faith. And then boom, it gives, interact with our spirit and then it gives birth to faith. Jesus put it this way in John 6.33. He says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words are spoken to you. They are spirit and they are life. Our faith is what God says. Our faith in what God says will bring life to us. And that's how precious, brothers and sisters, the Word of God is. How many of you love this Word? We do, right? We love the Word of God and we hold it precious to us. When the famous missionary, Dr. David Livingston, first made his way into Africa, you know, he started that journey carrying 73 books with him. He's a lover of books. He has 73 huge books, including medical books and all of that. And he employed three porters to carry uh, all of that 73 books you know, into the jungle. After trekking for about 300 miles, he started throwing away. They had to throw away some of the books because the porters had become so worn out by the whole thing. As they trekked deeper and deeper and deeper into the jungle, he threw away more and more books. Until in the end, according to some report, he only had one book left. Guess what book is that? The Bible. The Holy Bible. It's a poignant reminder, you know, of the preciousness of the Word of God. This is how precious this book is. Psalms 119 verse 89. Your Word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Psalms 119 verse 160. All your words are true and all your righteous laws are eternal. So the root of our courage is based on faith. Faith is based on what? Faith is based on the Word of God. Here's the third thing. The reliability of the Word of God is the God of the Word. 
the reliability of this word, this book, is on, based on what? It's based on the God of the word. What I mean is this. A promise is only as good as the one who promises. Am I correct? The promise is only as good as the one who promises. The reliability of any promise is always based on the promiser. It's the same way that you and I would decide whether or not we are going to buy a bond from the financial market. It's based on what? It's based on who is the issuer of the bond. Right? So if the person who is issuing the bond actually is a respectable institution, we have faith in it. It's because the person who is behind the promise. See? And I think that's what it is. The good news is that we are asked to trust in the one who would never lie. And his promises are yes and amen. We are putting our trust in a God who is all-knowing, all-able, all-perfect and all-wise. We are trusting in a God who is full of grace and truth. The one who declares that I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He is a God who cannot lie. That's why the reliability of the Word of God. It's because of the God of the Word. Numbers 23 verse 19 has a verse that goes like this. God is not a human that He should lie. He's not a human being that He should change His mind. Does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and then not fulfill? Rhetorical question. Of course not. And the Lord promised Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 3 to 6, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And then he even defined for Joshua the territory. He says your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river to Euphrates, all the way to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And no one is able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because of this. Against all odds, the promise came to pass during the time of Joshua. And it still stands today because the God who promises is reliable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God will always keep His side of the bargain because He's a covenant-keeping God. And we all say amen to that. Now, while our promiser is solid, this God of the Word never fails. But the responsibility, here's the fourth thing, the responsibility of the faithful is to meditate on the Word. He has given us a Word that never fails. But we have a responsibility. What's our responsibility? Meditate on this Word. Meditate means to muse on it, to keep it always in your heart, to have it ringing inside you all the time, to be so immersed and saturated with it that we actually live by it. So look now at Joshua 1, verse 6 to 8 again. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong, very courageous, right? Be careful to do, to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to it from the right or to the left. You'll be successful wherever you go. And the key is this. Here's your responsibility. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll become prosperous and successful. See, the Lord has promised that the Israelites will inherit the land. But the people have one responsibility, which is what? Obey the word of the Lord. They are to verbalize it. They are to meditate on it. And then they are to obey it. That's the key. And church, as we begin 2024, 
let's get into our Bible more seriously than ever before. What about that? Amen. Take this seriously. Let's get into it seriously. Let's go beyond just hearing the Word of God preached to us on Sunday, but let's feed ourselves with the Word from Monday to Sunday. Let's continue to deepen our own personal devotional life. As always, every year we tell you the same thing. Why? Because we absolutely believe that it's critical. Take the Word of God seriously. In Joshua 1, it says, you keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. If we do not read the Word, then we wouldn't know what the Word says, right? If we don't know what the Word says, then how can we meditate on it? And how can we keep the Word constantly upon our hearts? How can we meditate on it? If we don't do that, how can we obey it? Because the ultimate aim is not just to think about it, the ultimate aim is to do it. But it, it starts by read it first. If you, know, you read it, you know what it says. If you know what it says, you can meditate on it. If you meditate on it, then you end up actually buying it and doing it. That's the key. And you'll find that the outcome of that success. God's heart, God will be with you. This book of the law must become our compass for life. See, it's our compass for life. Not Google. It's the Word of God. You know, it, it must not depart from our lips. We are to meditate on it day and night. And in this book, you will find the will of God. You will find all His promises. And this is what we need to do with the Word of God. We hear and we obey. We hear and we obey. See, here, can I give you four things that will really make you spiritually vital? You know, you have spiritual vitality and you grow. Number one, it says, read the Word. Okay, read it. And then you reflect on the Word. Okay, that's meditating. Reflect on it. And then you record down what the Word says. Then journal down. Write down what the Word of God is saying to you day by day. And then you respond to it in obedience. What you know, you do. In short, nah, hear and obey. Hear the Word and obey it. See, and Joshua 1.8 then ends this way. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So the root of courage, God wants us to enter 2024 with courage. But the root of courage is what? Faith. Not bravado, faith. Faith, the reason why we share faith is the Word of God. And the reason why the Word of God is reliable is because of the God of the Word behind it. He's the promiser. But He promised us many things. But we must have the responsibility. It's the responsibility of the faithful, all of us here, to actually hear it and then obey it. And here's the result. Here's the final thing I want to leave with you. The result of courageous faith is that you will witness the faithfulness of God. If you really do what it says, you will witness the faithfulness of God. That God is faithful. He is faithful. Joshua 1.9 ends by saying this, right? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As we enter 2024, let us be confident in this, that God will be with us every step of the way. And because He is with us, we will not be afraid. We will not be discouraged. 
we will see the faithfulness of God in our life. And I tell you this, His faithfulness never fails. He is a faithful God. I walked with this God for 40 over years now. And I'll tell you with no uncertain terms, He is faithful. He's always been faithful. You listen to Joshua's declaration, right? At the, uh, at the end of all this, you know, what was his declaration at the end of his ministry? You go all the way back to the end of the book of Joshua. You read this, Joshua 21, verse 43 and 45. He says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land He has sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. Up to today, they are still there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He has sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them, and the Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. In verse 45, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed, but everyone was fulfilled. You know what Joshua is doing at that point? He is testifying to the faithfulness of God. The same God of Moses is the God of Joshua. And I tell you this, my friends, the same God of Joshua is our God today. And He never fails. The God who is faithful to Moses was faithful to Joshua. The God who is faithful to Joshua, He will be faithful to us. And this is the basis for our strength and our courage. You know, as I get older, I've concluded that my hope and my assignment in life is really to have such courageous faith to hear and obey the Word of God. I want to stay faithful to God right to the end of my life so that I can declare to my children, I can declare to my children's children that God is faithful. My God is faithful. My end game is to be able to testify to the faithfulness of my God. And right till the end, Joshua was able to declare. In Joshua 24, 15, there's the last chapter. Joshua 24, 15, he stood up at the age of 110 and then he declared this, as for me, and my household, we will serve the Lord. That wasn't given at a young age, you know. He said that when he was 110. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What a legacy Joshua left, I think, for the generations to come. And God is faithful. And to keep his promises to a man who was faithful to him, a man who hear and obey him, right? all the way to the end. This really reminds me of um, the evangelist Billy Graham. Billy Graham lived to a very old age, lived a, in his 90s. And when Billy Graham was in his 90s, he was actually struggling with Parkinson's disease. And um, they, he reached a point, I think, in, when he was about 90, around the mid-90s, he could no longer preach, he could no longer teach, he could no longer lead, he could, he could do very little. In fact, there, there are days when he, all he could do is sit in his wheelchair and he shakes, you know, because of Parkinson's. And there was moments when he would actually ask the Lord at that point, you know, God, why, why do you still keep me here? I, I can't preach, I can't lead, I can't do anything. All I can do sometimes just shake. Why do you even keep me here? Why don't you just take me home? And he talked about how he, he heard the Lord saying, you know, that each time 
And even that old age in his wheelchair, he would show up in his church every Sunday. You know? And why didn't take me home? And he, the Lord told him that um, every time you show up, you know, in your wheelchair and all that, it is a testimony of my faithfulness. You can't do much now, but every time you show up, it's a testimony of my faithfulness. And when you sit there without saying a word or doing anything, the generations are watching. And the people who are up here on the stage, you know, and the people that are leading the churches that he's in and all that, they are actually people that he saw getting saved in his crusades and all that. And today they are leading. And then I think that moment was testimony to the children and the children's children and it reminded them of the faithfulness of God. I was thinking about all that uh, because I was reading a book that he wrote, uh, last book that he wrote, entitled Nearing Home. And I thought about people like Pastor Ching Lai, you know, within our church and Auntie Ellen. Each week, they are my founding pastors. Uh, each week, they will show up and they go to the second service. Each week, Pastor Ching Lai and Auntie Ellen will show up and she will always sit there in their usual seats. And I thought about that. It's a quiet testimony of the faithfulness of God. Isn't it? And I'm inspired. The people that are leading worship and leading Holy Communion and all that, who are they? These are the kids that are in this, his Sunday school growing up and today they are leaders of the church. And it tells us, you know, that God is faithful. He's a God of generations. And I think about that and I say, I call that the ministry of presence. <laughs> Just being present. Our presence testifies to the faithfulness of God. Then sometimes I watch how Pastor Ching Lai would listen to, very patiently to Auntie Ellen, tell her stories. It's the same stories that I've heard a thousand times. But she shared it with so much enthusiasm. But the most amazing thing for me is to watch the husband still listening so enthusiastically <laughs> with a smile on his face. It's a quiet reminder to all of us. This is how you love your wife. Isn't it? Yes. What a beautiful thing. And he shouts out to me, you know, that this is, this is what it's all about. It shouts to all of us who come after them. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Five simple movements, right? The root of courage. And I, I think we should be courageous in life. When, when, whatever your age, young or old, we should be courageous. But the root of courage is in our faith. And faith is rooted in the Word of God. The reliability of the Word of God is because of the God of the Word, the promiser behind this. But the responsibility of the faithful for you, for me, all through our life, hear and obey the Word. And the result will be one day we will all witness the faithfulness of God. But here's my prophetic burden for the morning and then we're going to pray. For the older folks among us, you know, this is a church that I've always... We always believe and value the younger people in our midst. But I also want to let the older people know, those of you who are older, you are precious in the sight of God. Beautiful. 
For the older folks among us, may we be reminded this morning, we have one great assignment, which is this. We testify to the faithfulness of God. We really do. And we need to remind ourselves, long after we are gone, what will our children, what will our grandchildren remember us for? What are the testimonies that we are leaving, passing on to those who come after us? And I want you to, to understand this, that others are watching our actions and our attitude. They are. We are a quiet reminder of all these things. So can I challenge you also that we don't spend the later years of our life too engrossed, you know, in our physical weaknesses and, and ailments and all that. And every time we meet each other, it's about what supplement you take, where's your pain, where's your ache, you know. Let's not spend all of our time just lamenting about these things and complaining about, you know, here pain, there pain, and I'm weak and all that. And don't become disengaged. Don't, be, don't disengage. Sometimes we had this tendency also to say to the... To, we had this mindset that, ah, oh, I've done my part, you know, let the younger people do their thing, you know, let them do it, you know, I want to relax now. I, I disengage. I don't think so. We, we can all one day step down from our roles and responsibility, but we will never, we will never retire from ministry, no matter how old we are. And we must never become self-indulgent. And every time, the only thing we can think of is where to eat, where to go, where to visit, where to holiday. No. But can I challenge you? Let's be found faithful to the end. I want to be found faithful to the end. Yeah. And let me challenge you to do that. It's like that Steve Green song, you know, that I'm going to try and lead you to sing. The beautiful song that he, he wrote, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe that the lives and the, the lives we live inspire them to obey. So let our children and our children's children watch us and then it inspires them to actually believe. May all who come behind us find us faithful. Here's what I'd like us to do as we close. Um, I know it will take a little bit of time, but I'm, I want to invite those of you who are 60 and above. This service have more. I want to invite you to come to the front. As a prophetic act, you know, I want to invite you to come to the front. Why don't we all stand together? Why don't we all stand together and we allow the those who are 60 and above, I want to invite you to come to the front. And those of us who are below 60, why don't we give them a good hand? We honour them for their years and years and years of learning to walk with God, yeah? Yeah. Come, 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 come. Come on. Those of you who are in the city campus, I invite you to do the same. Invite those who are 60 and above, you come to the front so that we can honour you today. And we can also, I want to invite you to 
join me in uh, reaffirming our faith, yeah? Yeah, why don't you come up a little bit more to the front because I didn't know we had so many. We got to make room for them. <laughs> Wonderful. And as you come, I want to lead you to sing a song and Lester is going to help me with this. It's a song that really is an anthem of our commitment to want to remain faithful all the way to the end. And I pray that you will take this as your prayer and make this your commitment as we, people are watching us and it's like the people that are there in the, up there in the pews, they're watching us and watching the way that we live. And my prayer is that after years of sitting under the Word of God, after years of walking with Jesus, it is, we have to be transformed from the inside. If we take the Word of God seriously, we will be transformed from the inside. I cannot understand how people can sit under the Word of God for years and then still remain so mean inside. How can? Shouldn't we let the Word of God transform us, change us, make us different? Then as we grow older, we grow sweeter not become more grouchy and angry and upset all the time. We should be sweeter and sweeter as the years go by. Then our children and our children's children will welcome us into their home. They will love it when we come and visit them. And then when we tell them God is faithful, they will say, Amen. They don't say, huh, is it? They say, Amen, because it's real. Yeah? So I want you to sing this song as a commitment to the Lord, shall we? I've invited uh, Pastor Carmen, a retired pastor in his 70s now, but he has such a sweet spirit, you know. I always find a joy to spend time with him. And I've invited him to come and pray for us, that all of us will be found faithful right to the end. Young and old, together we pursue God in 2024. Yeah. So, Pastor, would you pray for us? I just realized I can't even read the words I can't sing. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to sing, it's just that I can't read the word from here. Uh, let me pray. Let me pray. Let's lift down our hands. Lift down our hands. Father, we quieten our hearts and we lift down our hands to surrender our life. Once again, we receive your wonderful grace to live, to do, to even to obey you. You are all loving, you are all there, you always provide for us like Pastor Shane. Lead us by your gentle ways, by your gentle spirit. And take us to the place that you want us so that in our new season that we have, we, st we can still fulfill your purpose for our life. Amen. Every word that's spoken over us, every promises that you have spoken to us will not be wasted. And not give us courage. Not only to do, 
but to not do. And we bless you Amen. that your plan for us weigh our weights what fear we have. And in the name of Jesus, we speak against the fear. The fear of wasting wasted years. The fear of not knowing what's going to happen. But Lord, that we will look to you. And we will be anxious for nothing. And that we will pray. We will begin this new life of meditating, reflecting, yeah. and having you as preeminence in our life. Yeah. Yes, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you this morning for Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. You know, with this, let us all press into 2024 with courageous faith.